gyms' livelihoods are dependent on the success of their gyms, right? And so last week you said flat out, if we didn't win, I would leave the gym. And so now I have someone guessing on my scores while my livelihood depends on it. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up, you tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 131. Not sure if there's going to be a 132, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we're taking another deep dive into a topic that has been ruffling feathers and sparking some intense debate in my comments and my DMs. Dance scores in cheer. Have you ever been frustrated by the unpredictability of dance scores? Well, then you are not alone. In this episode, we are pulling back the curtain, uncovering the challenges, and exploring the solutions that could possibly solve how we score dance in all-star cheerleading. But before we jump into the heart of the matter, picture this, a coach tells an athlete that they care too much. Can you believe it? It's a statement that's both perplexing and thought-provoking, and we're going to talk about it from both a parent's perspective and a coach's perspective. And lastly, we recorded this episode while live on Instagram. So whatever was thrown at us, we were sure to answer. Or did someone catch me off guard? Stay tuned to find out. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer, education, and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike. And when we can, bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcast. Quick shout out to Claire who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother. Love you mom. Shout out to Sheila, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there. Our mate Michelle, Mike the lean mean coaching machine. Shout out to Adam and Casey. Shout out to Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Check her out on IG. Lauren Clark. Shout out to Bode. Say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. And our two newest supporters, Erica and Austin. Erica, Austin, truly means a lot to me that you would donate financially to the show. Again, everything donated goes towards making this a better show for your listening pleasure. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes to do so. But if you're looking for the best free way to support the show, the best free way is to share this podcast. Simply share it with another person who loves cheer just as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all of you parent listeners out there and asks the questions that you guys have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more, what's good? Okay, I'm not going to lie. I woke up in the middle of the night last night with like this excruciating pain in my back and... I don't know what it is. So I'm kind of in pain today. So if I'm not as enthusiastic, that's why. Because 
I'm still in pain and everybody's telling me to go to the doctor. And if you know me, I am anti-doctors. So <laughs> just anti-doctor, the whole establishment. Like, no, I just don't like, you know, I, Hey, I was in my accident, that accident in July still didn't go to the doctor. I'm just not a doctor person. I don't want to waste the time to go there for the, me or for them to tell me like, Oh, it's just a pinched nerve or something weird like that. So I'm just not a doctor person. I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. But they might go, yeah. And with pinched nerve, we recommend this and then you'll feel better. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see later on. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll I'll make this promise to you. If I am not feeling good later on today, I'll go to the doctor. But I do have to work today. You so, you know, I need to get through the day a little bit. I feel you, homie. Yeah, I, you know, it's not even like, I'm not anti-doctor. I just don't like wasting. I just would rather do other stuff with my time. I want to get their their feedback and go, hey, yeah, you tell me this. Okay. I still want to go and sit in a doctor's office and, same. you know, same. do that whole thing. So, I feel you. I feel, but I do want their feedback. Like, hey, I, my back is bothering me. My shoulder's bothering me. Can you hook me up with something? Life is short. Too short to be sitting in a doctor office all day. So anyway, B, okay. I got this for you. So last week, the episode that's actually out right now, as our live fans are listening, we talked about getting rid of dance on the score sheet. And so I said it, hot take, I have more things to talk about with that. So first, I said this last week, but and I'm saying it again, I am I'm standing, I'm dying on this hill, we should get rid of dance on the all star score sheet. And here we go. One, we're the only cheer entity that still judges dance. I did not realize this. I knew that I didn't mention this last week, but I knew that ICU didn't judge dance. So there's no dance on the ICU score sheet. So ICU is like, if cheer goes to the Olympics, we would be sending Team USA, right? And Team USA competes under the ICU, right? So Team USA versus Team Mexico, Team Canada, right? All those teams compete under ICU. So ICU doesn't do dance. I mentioned last week that when I was cheering slash coaching, they only judge the girls dance for NCA college nationals. Turned, I went to, uh, you know, double check that. Hey, is this, is that still true? I wasn't sure. I haven't looked at the score sheet in a while. I went and looked. They've completely gotten rid of dance for all for the girls as well. So not even so the co-ed teams don't dance, the all-girl teams don't dance, other they don't dance, but it's not on the score sheet. So I went back and looked at a few routines. And I always notice because I work with CBU still and I'll go there and you know work with them a couple of times a year just to, you know, check in on the girls. And these last few years, their dance has gotten like shorter and shorter. Now I'm always like, man, it's a really short dance. Like <laughs> You know, it is what it is. I, you know, I'm not passing judgment on Liv and Brendan. And, you know, I just go, that's just a short dance or whatever. It's college cheer. You know, it's it's different. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's why the dances are so short. We don't, it's not on the score sheet anymore. Yeah, I called her. And I was like, because I looked at the score sheet and it's like not on there. So I called her. I say, hey, did they get rid of dance on the score sheet? And she's like, yeah, it's not on the score sheet anymore. So team still dance. And I went and looked at uh, Navarro's routine to see if they did a dance. So they still did a dance. It wasn't super long like our all-star routines, but they don't have dance on the score sheet anymore. Now, I only looked up NCA, but I'm assuming if NCA doesn't score dance, UCA 100% does not score dance. I would say that very confidently, just knowing that NCA isn't doing it. High school cheer no longer scores dance. Two people told me that, like two different people, two different parts of the country. Two people listened to the podcast say, hey, just so you know, high school cheer doesn't score dance anymore. And I was like, there you go. So all-star cheer is the only one holding on to it. Now, this happened after that. I said, or while we were talking during the pod, I said, you know what? He, and here's why I believe for those of you guys who didn't listen last week, those of you guys listening, you know, live going like, hey, this is why I feel we should get rid of dance. And it's because the scores are so sporadic. It doesn't really seem like there's a rhyme or reason to 
why they're giving us scores. If the scores were consistent, then I would be like, okay, the scores are consistent. That means we can make adjustments for our routine to put our team in the best position to get a dance. But the scores are always so sporadic. I can't honestly tell you what dance is going to score well consistently. Now, I know what sloppy dancing looks like. And I know what if a dance doesn't have formation changes or a dance doesn't have intricate motions or partner work and all these things, or the kids are just flat out sloppy. I know that that dance isn't going to score well, but I can't tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt what dance will score well, right? And so, you know, I look at dances, I go, oh, hey, I like that dance. And then we get a, a nine six and I go, oh, well, I thought I liked it. And then we get another dance and, you know, that's that. And I said, I'm going to track our scores this year. I track our scores every year. So, but maybe this year I'll look at our scores and I'll read our scores to you so you could see how inconsistent they are. Anyway, Casey, our music producer, shout sounds like that, got our music. He sent our music in for prep and I was saving it onto my iPad, right? I'm doing my thing, saving it onto my iPad. And I go to save it and, you know, Apple's like, do you want to save it in this folder? And it happened to be our dance score sheet for or our, our score sheet folder with old random when I do our score sheet tracking with all of our scores in it. And I, I do not want to save it to that folder, but I will look at our dance scores since me and B were just talking about this. And so I go, I look at our dance scores and this is the first one I pull up. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up these, these scores right here for you. All right, here we go. This is Senior Black. This is a few years ago because this just happens to be, and I didn't search for this. I didn't try to find a compelling case. This is just a random score sheet. This is a a few years ago, back when we were uh, before Code of Points, before they changed the way we did the system. But here, so the scores aren't going to sound exactly the same, but here go the scores. Now, before we get back to the show, I need you to listen up. We've heard from many of you who are eager to dive into the preparing for fullouts training, but can't make the live call. Well, we've got great news for you. We've taken your feedback to heart and transformed it into an accessible on-demand online course. You can now access the preparing for full out system at your own pace whenever it suits you. No need to worry about scheduling conflicts or missing out. This comprehensive course will walk you through every step week by week, just like the live training. So whether you're a coach or an owner, this is your opportunity to equip yourself, equip your staff, and equip your teams for success as the competition season approaches. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today to start your journey towards full out perfection. Link in the show notes. First competition, 9.8. Next competition, 9.8. Hey, hey, hey. So that's pretty good. 9.8, 9.8. And I would consider a 9.8 a good dance score. 9.7. All right, went down a little bit. I consider that, and you know, that's okay. That's all right, I guess. We got to get that score up, but it's all right. Next competition, a 9.9. Okay, I would consider that a great dance score, 9.9. Very next competition, 9.5. I would consider that terrible dance score, right? 9.5, then we go to a 9.7. After that, it goes to a 9.8. So the scores are all over the place. And I guarantee you, when we look at the dance, you would go, Jason, the dance looked the same as it did last week. I don't know what the difference is. I'm not sure why I went from a 9, literally, a 9.9, that's a really good dance score to a 9-5. That is a terrible dance score. All right, here we go. Here's another team. 9-8. Awesome. 9-8. Got a 9-6. So we go from good dance score to that's a bad dance score. If we get a 9-6, we get a couple 9-6s in a row. I'm calling our choreographer and going, we've got to redo this dance. 9-8. I'm going, give that guy a raise. 9-6 to a 9-9. So we went from you're fired, you're never coming back, to come do all of our dances. 
9895. What did that just happen just now? A 98, a 96, a 99, a 95. The again, the scores are too sporadic to be able to make a judgment call as a coach. And I saw lots of people say they like the entertainment value of it. Or like, you know, someone said, you know, it's the celebration for the athletes and, you know, it's what's fun for the athletes. And I totally understand that. I just think as for it deciding winners of the competition, how many ties are there when we go to the summit or how many teams lose by a 10th in my cheerleading career, top of my head, we have lost the summit by a 10th. We have won the summit by a 10th. We have tied for summit several times. We've won the summit by less than two tenths. We've lost the summit by less than two tenths. We've won the summit by less than two tenths, right? Too many winners and losers are being decided when judges are flat out guessing on the dance score. They're just flat out guessing what is good. What, and you have to really hope that, you know, they happen to like your dance that day. And the other thing with it is that it costs too much money. It's the thing that we have to invest the most money in if we really want to see a different product. Like if we keep getting nine sixes, I'm like, okay, we've got to bring in Brendan. We've got to fly him in. We've got to put him up in a hotel. We've got to pay him for his his rate while he's actually there. And it's a whole process for a hope that we will get a better dance score. Right. When we upgrade pretty much anything else, I know that we're going to get a result from that. Like I know, okay, I know the pyramid is going to score higher now. I know that this is going to score higher now. With those things, with dance, you're still guessing if there's a financial part of it. You know, Ashley will do the dance for Mini Sparkle. Ashley is really great. She does her little Mini Sparkle dances, our Mini Level 1. She does their dance. It looks great. Ashley, I think Bailey helped her out with it this year too. They'll do it. And the scores will be comparable, honestly between like senior reds dance and, and mini sparkles dance, the scores will be comparable except one person made lots of money for doing that dance and you know and as great of a choreographer as my wife is which she does a great job with mini sparkle i think we'd all say that brendan you know his profession is that he goes and does dances and, and choreography and we wouldn't see a, a real difference in those scores based on the intricacies of those two dances right and so i think you said this because you're Mike cut out last week. And if you didn't, I'm going to give you credit for it anyway, because you gave me the idea. But I don't think that all-star cheerleading will get rid of dance. I don't actually think they will. I think that they really should, or they should put some parameters on it where the scores can be more consistent. And I think you're trying to make the point that we do dance well, go ahead. You can share your point again, because hopefully you don't break up this time. Or give me your thoughts on anything I just said. Well, as I'm like watching some of the comments come in from the Instagram, Claire had a really good one, which if you guys don't know who Claire is, she runs our Instagram and she's a coach at American. So she said, I think having dance still in the routine, but not specifically dance on the score sheet and like overall scoring perfection of motions or something like that, which that is something that I do totally agree. Like I think, which I still don't agree with you. Like I think we should have dance. You're not going to change my mind. Even with the scoring, I just feel like it's something that hypes the crowd up. And by you saying the scores, like that is a very drastic change, you know, from a 9.9 .9 to a 9.5. But I think last week, 
week, I basically said, like, if you do dance, you get X amount of points, you know, a 9.7. And if you did something miraculously, then, you know, your points can be a 9.9. But they should be a baseline that they start at, in my opinion, because I do agree with you when you said the dance is subjective. I could think it's really cool. So I think if they started at like, this is your base score, I think that would help improve things. Real quick, they already give you a base score, basically, kind of. It's a nine point, uh, or this year, I guess it'd be a 4.5. So if you're in range, you're going to get a 4.5. I mean, everyone's in range. So there's only five tenths they can really play with. So a 4.5 out of five, well, it sounds okay. A 4.5 out of five. If I was uh, on Yelp and I got a 4.5 out of five, you can chase. That's a pretty good score on Yelp. That's a really bad score via dance, right? But you can't get anything lower than a 4.5. And the other thing is, and you mentioned this last week, here's the other hard part about it, is that gyms livelihoods are dependent on the success of their gyms, right? And so, right, last week you said flat out, if we didn't win, I would leave the gym, right? And so now I have someone guessing on my scores while my livelihood depends on it, right? My livelihood depends on if we are a competitive gym and I have someone guessing on a score and then parents go, well, we're not winning, I'm going to leave. And we're losing, again, winners and losers are being decided on judges just guessing on a score. Again, when I watched, if I were a college team, we wouldn't do dance at all. If it's on the score sheet, I'm not doing it. But again, I watched, I know that CBU still does dance in their routines. You know, they do it because, you know, the kids like it and, and all those things. Navarro still did a dance in their routine. And I'm guessing lots of, I'm guessing Trinity Valley still did a dance. I'm guessing Louisville still did a dance and OSU still did a dance in their routines. But it's not being scored, which is one, it takes that part out of the, uh, you know, Exciting winners and losers. So yeah, I don't mind it being in the routine. I think we need to really revise the way we go about scoring it if it's going to remain in the routine. So and I can totally agree to that. Like I totally understand what you're saying when you I, like, I understand that they already do get, you know, a base score, but I definitely, you know, I think they should keep dance, but I think they should reevaluate the way the dance is scored. I can 100% agree with you on that. And maybe Maybe somebody will listen to the podcast and make a change. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe drivers. Drivers would be a good, if we knew exactly what it was. Hey, you didn't score well because of formation changes. You didn't score well because of this, but like concrete feedback that we can use week to week. So anyway, we're gonna go ahead and get to the break. And when we get back, we've got the question of the week. Coaches, if we're coaching all year long, shouldn't we be learning all year long as well? Training shouldn't just happen in the summer. Coming up January 5th through the 7th of 2024, NextGen is hosting a two-day skills, business, and leadership conference in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show, and get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. 
And we are back. Now, guys, we're going to hop into our sounds like that question of the week, guys. Music season is upon us. We got our prep music, Hot Fire. Let's go. It's actually really cool. He took, we had this line that was in Jay Black's music. I think it was the year we won in 2019. He took a line. It was like, what, it was probably my favorite line in that whole mix. One of, definitely one of my favorite lines in that whole mix. And he took it and put it in prep's music this year. So I absolutely love it. Good stuff. If you need Hot Fire, music sounds like that.com let them know the let's talk to your podcast sent you if you have a question for the question of the week put them in the um, there's a link in the description click on that send your questions and we try to get to all of them like this one right here so b go ahead hit us up with that sounds like that question of the week all right so this week's question of the week is what do you think about a coach telling an athlete that they care too much That is a great question. And I kind of want to hear your perspective on it. I kind of feel like you're going to have the natural parent instinct of what you feel when you hear that. So I just want to hear what you what you kind of think about that. I feel like there's a little bit more to the story than just a coach saying you care too much. Because as a parent, I don't know what coach would say that. It doesn't matter if you're in like a bowling league or swimming or a pickleball league or something like that. Like if you have a passion for something and you give it your all and you know, you're that kid at practice that is trying to turn people's bad days into good days and hey, let's do this for the team. I don't know. I just think there's more to the story. And if there's not and the coach just said you care too much, I would probably be having a meeting like why do you think my child cares too much like isn't that something that coaches want is a child that cares a lot I mean I can understand a coach being like oh yeah that kid's a little bit over the top like they're all in full force you know they're everybody has their moments of things like that but I don't think that I don't think it's appropriate pretty much I mean what would be the reason that if you Jason if you told my daughters you care too much about cheerleading I would be like okay well I mean (laughs) We would have a conversation, you know what I mean? Like, do they? should I take them to another gym that really appreciates that they care so much? I mean, I think that would be like a last resort more so, but there has to be more to the story. And I don't think a coach in their right mind would actually say something like that if there wasn't more to the story. So when I heard this, I feel that the coach felt that they care too much about the wrong things. And I see that a lot at practice, that the kids care too much about the wrong things and not the things that's actually going to make them great. And even you care too much about, you know, looking good in front of your friends, right? You care too much. Like the reason why you're mad at your teammate isn't because you just want the very best out of them. And I remember my coach said this one time. I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the pod. And we were at practice and I was cheer or die when I cheered, cheer or die. And we're running through the pyramid. We miss this one part of the pyramid. Me and my stunt partner, me and the, you know, the guy I did the, the stunt with, we missed the one part of the pyramid. Me and the flyer go run over to the other side of the pyramid so that we could continue with the transition. He doesn't come. So we missed that part of the transition, which means we can do the next part. And I'm livid. I'm hot, hot. And I lean, I freaking rip 
chip into him at practice and, you know, I'm yelling at him and just everything. And our coach goes, hey guys, I know we all care about, you know, I know we all want to win and we're all passionate or whatever, but, you know, we can't talk to teammates right there. And I would say in that moment, I cared too much, right? Like I put, like I disrespected a teammate. You know, I put our friendship at risk. I disrespected him as a man and elevated winning over that. So in that case, I would say, yeah, I cared too much. Like it's not that big a deal that we missed the pyramid, right? And so I think in that case, yeah, I cared too much about this thing and not enough about, you know, respecting my teammates and, you know, how is this going to come off and all those things. You know, I see kids that do drills and if kids aren't particularly good at drills, then they won't give a hundred percent of their effort and they'll kind of try to laugh it off as like, oh, I kind of, I did that on purpose or like they're not trying their best because if kids try their best and fail and their friends laugh at them, that really hurts their feelings. I was trying my best. My best wasn't good enough. And now my friends are laughing at me. They care too much about what their friends think of them, opposed to caring more about how they can be their very best, right? And so when I see that, and I don't know the context or the situation, but when I see, you know, someone say you care too much, what immediately comes to my mind isn't that they just love cheerleading and they'll do whatever it takes to be the very best. I think we all want that. I just talked to the athletes yesterday about being internally motivated, that you have to want this more than anything else. I mean, you can be externally motivated, but you really want to be internally motivated. All of that being said, I see that kids are too externally motivated about all these other things. And that's why like I would go, oh yeah, you you care too much about the wrong things. Like if you really cared, this is how you would be acting. So that's kind of how I took it. Because I don't think the coach flat out thinks this athlete cares just too much about being their very best, you know? And just knowing, just being around the sport the way I have, or I guess just people in general, I just feel like it's they care too much about the wrong things, either what their friends think about putting elevating things higher than other things that should be more important that we'd all kind of consider more important. And at the end of the day, I try to remember it's just cheerleading, you know, like it's just cheerleading. So, you know, again, there's a time in college. This is so true. We lost nationals one year when I was at SFA. And I remember I called my professor and I was like, I'm not coming to class. Like we lost nationals and I'm devastated and I won't be in. I don't know how to handle this. I would say I care too much. And that's a true story. Called my professor. Hey, I'm not going to be in today. Like we lost nationals and I can't, it's, I cannot process this feeling right now. Right. I cared too much at that point. Right. Jason, you lost nationals. It is what it is. Suck it. Go to class guy. Right. Man, I know I'm, I'm devastated. Right. I, I think at that point, when we put those fleeting things as our foundations, then yeah, we, we, you know, we're building our, our house on sandy foundation as the Bible would say. So there you go. That's how I think you could care too much to be. <laughs> I think there's a proper way to put that. I wouldn't just tell a kid you care too much. I'd probably expand upon it and maybe this coach did, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, yeah, I think that makes more sense. I mean, I guess this is why we do the podcast because, you know, at first I'm like, there's no way. But I agree with you. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe there's just a <laughs> a bad coach. <laughs> you care too much. <laughs> you care too much, kid. I don't get paid enough <laughs> to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't right? get paid enough for how much you care about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that could 100% be true. I don't know. I'm just talking right now. Oh, man, that was funny. Good times. Anyway, should we get to a break? Yeah, let's get to a break. And then there's a couple questions that we had come in. All right, so we'll get to a break and then we'll answer some of your questions live on Instagram. 
You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full 2-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget. But that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And we are back. All right, guys, now we're taking a chance. We're rolling the dice, people. We're answering your questions from Instagram. So who knows? You know, it's like fishing in the ocean. You never know what you're going to get when you fish in the ocean. You might catch an octopus. You can catch a crab. You can catch, I don't think salmon live in the ocean, but you can catch, you know, halibut, I guess. So I don't know anything about fishing. Don't judge me, B. <laughs> do salmon live in the ocean? I yes, guess they do. they do. I don't know. Do they? Yes. Uh, every time it's like salmon swimming upstream. There's no streams in ocean. So how, where are they swimming to? Well, they're in a stream that the stream comes from the ocean. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I would think that. <laughs> I mean, You're like, he just dropped some knowledge on me. He might be right. But people fish in Alaska. Yes, for the salmon. And I, they're for that- the salmon. That water has to come from the stream. That water has to come from somewhere. Like, I don't think it comes from a pond. Like, it comes from the ocean. Well, I don't think it's a pond. I think the water eventually makes... I think the water originated in an ocean somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. If you know, know. someone on Instagram, if you know, let us know. Because... I know I could ask. I could ask Jennifer Gilkison. They're, they're, they fish, their family, they like do that professionally. So I could ask them like, hey, where do salmon, do they live in the ocean? They must live in the ocean, right? I don't know. People yeah. can't just be all at a stream all day. I don't even know what a stream looks like, like a little stream. Anyway, okay, go ahead. What's up, B? Okay, so first one we have is, how did my kids transition from spring floor to dead mat for cheer clinics? Dude, that's a really, really good question. I think the biggest thing when transitioning there is make sure your technique is on point. Really make sure your technique is on point and make sure that you're really building up your strength. You really just have to, the timing is different on a dead floor. You have to be a lot faster. You have to be a lot more powerful tumbling on a dead floor, especially like for these higher level tricks. Like round off back handsprings typically transfer pretty easily. Series back handsprings usually transfer pretty easily easily for, you know, if you have, you know, decent technique, it's like, you know, once you start actually flipping and like the higher you get in the levels, those skills are a little bit harder, but typically those kids are a little bit, you know, stronger, more talented. That's why they're doing those skills. But one thing I saw this actually literally talked to him last night, Uh, this kid, Evan Miller, he was the hardest working athlete I've ever coached in my life ever. Quick story about Evan. He would come into the gym every day. He'd get there around three o'clock, 3.30 before team started. I'd be chilling there, not doing anything, right? It's like during a summer month, I'd be there chilling, 
you know, whatever. Ashley's in there doing privates. And he would turn on, he'd pick whoever's music he wanted that day, Orange, Panthers, whoever. He'd put their music on and he would go full out. He'd do their routines. And I'm talking full out facials, full out jumps, full out tumbling. He's going full out in an empty gym by himself. And, and I'm talking about every, just performing and just singing the lyrics and everything. And you'd look around, the gym is completely empty. And you're like, who is he performing to? And he just did that every day religiously. He probably is the most talented kid I've ever coached, but he was the most dedicated kid I have ever coached. And you know what's funny about that? I never thought he cared too much. Even though he cared more than any other athlete I've ever coached, I've never thought that he cared too much because I knew he was doing it for the right reasons. I knew he just simply wanted to be his best and that he wouldn't he wouldn't let his love and his passion for the sport or his abilities take precedence over being a good teammate or, you know, any like wouldn't violate any of these other character traits. And there's kids who aren't nearly as talented, who don't care as much as he do, that I think care too much about the wrong things. Anyway, how serendipitous of that. All that to say, he uh, ended up cheering at Navarro uh, when he graduated, you know, from the program and then cheered uh, on Cheer Athletics Wildcats. And he, every day after practice, he would just work on his hard floor tumbling. We had like a strip of hard floor and he would just go and start working on his hard floor tumbling, you know, round up hamstring tucks, layouts, fulls, doubles, whatever. He would just, you know, did it every day consistently and he was ready to go. But if you're not Evan Miller, then I would suggest really honing down on your technique and making your technique stronger and then just getting stronger physically. There you go. Boom. Next one. Okay. Next one. Advice for high school students trying to balance all-star cheer, school sports and school activities and make time for everything. You can have anything in this world, but you can't have everything. So that's my thing. I, I would say what's important to you, focus on those things. Can't have your cake and eat it too. So, you know, something's going to have to give. And I would just put my eggs in the baskets that you're going to have to sacrifice some things, you know, that is a hundred percent real. So I don't know if I really have advice for like really balancing. I would just say, these are my priorities after this small circle of things, nothing else, you know, really matter. That's how I've tried to approach things and just be not try to have everything in the world. I think we all want everything and it's just not possible to have everything. So what is it that you really, really care about? And then everything else goes by the way. I always tell the kids this one yes needs to be underscored by a thousand no's, which means if you invite me over, be hey, Jason, we're going to watch some football this weekend. You know, let's come over, let's barbecue, let's watch some football. All right, awesome. If I say yes to you, that means I have to say no to anyone else that invites me over to, you know, barbecue and watch football. I say yes to you, it automatically means I have to say no to everyone else. So there you go. Teach them that that's life sometimes. You got to sacrifice. Boom. Okay. And last one that we have so far is what is your opinion on game day routines? Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how 
NextGen can help you, book a call at nextgenowners.com. I think they're all right. I like that there's a market for it. You know, I'm not sure if it's something. And I know there's people who are super passionate about it. Coach Cameron, follow her on, uh, what's her name on Instagram? Hockaday. But Coach Cameron, she's super passionate about game day. Game day's not really, the game day competition isn't really my thing. But I do love that there are passionate coaches who absolutely love it, who love the nuances of, of that part of our sport. I love that there's athletes who love the aspect of the sport. And if that's your cup of tea, hey, that's your cup of tea. Again, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but you know, but there's a good game day. They do, they always do the game day runoff at NCA college camp. And so the game day runoff is the creme de la creme of the event. If you win game day runoff, that means you automatically get a paid bid to nationals. So they do this whole point system at NCA college camp. You get points for this, you get points for this, you get points for this, you get points for this. The staff votes, the the teams vote, your points accumulate and the team with the most points, you know, they just do it in order. The top three or four teams, whatever it is, however many bids they give, all those points add up and those teams get paid bids and partial bids and at large bids to college nationals. But if you win game day runoff, it's an automatic bid to, it's an automatic paid bid to college nationals. So you really want to win game day runoff. I absolutely love game day runoff. It was my most favorite thing. This is a true story right here, B. I cheered at a UCA college. UCA is very traditional. It's like, you know, it's the ones that do, they do music and then they stop and they do the cheer in the middle. Go! Uh, We are the Comets. Go! Comets! Go! Red! Black, go Comets, right? And then we'd go and we'd finish off with Pyramid and Dance, right? Traditional cheerleading. That's UCA. And they're known for being significantly better game day cheerleaders than NCA cheerleaders, right? That was my junior college. Then I transferred to SFA, which was a traditional NCA college, which looked more like what our all-star routines look like. I really did enjoy cheering at games. Now, back then, they actually used to give you a score for your game. You had to do a 45-second game day crowd routine, right? Go red. Go black, right? And they'd actually give you a score, you know, scale of one to 10, right? That was a 9.3. That was a 9.7, right? And SFA, a few years in a row, kept losing grand national. So not the national championship at the division one level, but they would lose to Louisville when it came to the overall grand champion, highest score of the competition. And so our coach is like, guys, we really got to get game day together. We keep losing the Louisville because of our game day score. They're just better game day cheerleaders than us. We keep losing the Louisville for the grand national championship. And, you know, I really want grants. And my coach called me after practice one day. Again, I'm transferring in from a UCA school. And he goes, Jason, I need to see you after practice. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I'm a rookie. So I'm freaking sweating. Hey, hey, Brad, what's up, man? And he's like, I know you're a you're UCA. You like all that raw, raw stuff, right? <laughs> UCA cheerleader. like all, And, um, you know, we've been losing every year to Louisville with our game day. And I need you to do the choreography this year for the game day routine. I was like, okay, yeah, love to coach. So I end up doing the choreography. I did our choreography for our game day routine every year when I was at SFA. True story. Y'all didn't know that about your boy. You didn't know you could bring your boy in to do game day routine. Holla at me. I don't have that that talent anymore. But I go do our choreography for the game day routine, whatever. And that happens and it is what it is, right? During day one of, oh, is that CBU stunt? Shout out to CBU stunt out on the, on the chat day one my stunt one of my stunts kind of bobbled a little bit go they didn't call it a bobble 
Like, I didn't get called for a bobble, but it, like, kind of moved, right? So I'm, like, not really happy because it was our very, we ended on ball up stretch. Or, no, we ended on low to highs. uh, Low, lib, TikTok to high stretch. We ended on that. And so I'm a little bit, like, you know, just wasn't a good stun or whatever. And so that's kind of, like, in my head. And my coach has our score sheets in his hand. And he's, like, Jason, come here. kidding me you're gonna freaking rip me right now and um he's score sheets and he's like look at these scores right here and he's just so stoked i don't even know what he's talking about because i'm thinking he's talking about my stunt and he's so happy with our game day scores he's like this is what i'm talking about right here yeah look at these scores and i'm just like whoo yeah let's forget about that load of high coach but yeah so I love game day, the whole routine, the whole thing. But yeah, you know, so I don't know. Hopefully I answered someone's question. But yeah, anything else we got, B? What do you think of game day? <laughs> I think I would maybe like like it more if I watched it, but I just don't. I mean, uh, it's just kind of up in the air for me. Like, I mean, if I if you said, hey, let's sit down and watch this, I'd be like, OK, cool, let's watch it, you know. But as of right now, I think we are done because we don't have any questions from the Instagram. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, then that concludes includes the show guys it's been real it's been fun till next time guys five six seven eight we're We're out. out Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the connecting people and profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.